Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita's Director of Airports, Victor White. Welcome to Issues 2020. Hey, good morning, Steve. Let's Glad to be here. start with the basics. What is the scope of your responsibilities as airport director? You know what? It is the greatest job in the planet because you get to do every possible different discipline. Get to you get to work with engineers and construction people and finance people and lawyers. That's sometimes not a good thing. But <laughs> we have our own police and fire department. We have public works. We have uh, properties and leasing and real estate development. And then, of course, you got the airplanes. I mean, my God, that's why I'm in this business is because of the airplanes that drew me to it. I, I, I swear I've got jet fuel in my blood. Where are you from? I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Or, oh, that's right. I remember now. Yeah. And did, did you see a biplane going over sometime when you were? <laughs> no. In fact, I got into airplanes because of <laughs> trains and photography because I used to go out and shoot pictures of trains when I first got my driver's license. Then I went out to the airport and started taking pictures of planes. And this, I kept doing it every Saturday. And so finally this guy came up to me and says, hey, I can't I see you out here all the time taking pictures. You want to go for a ride? Oh, my God. I was hooked from that day forward. And next thing you know, I was I was the only kid in high school that had a pilot's license. I got it when summer of my junior year, and that was a big deal. All right. Yep. We had a, a handful of guys when I was in high school that, that had theirs. And uh, wow. how many how many facilities are you responsible for? Well, we have Eisenhower National Airport, of course, the big airline airport, and we also have Colonel Jabbar Airport, which is private planes, general aviation, and the home of the National Center for Aviation Training and WSU Tech. Uh, how many uh, how many employees do you have under your supervision? I run what's called the Wichita Airport Authority and Department of Airports, and we have about 155 actual uh, city employees who work for us. We also have about 30 or 40 additional contract employees that we're directly responsible for that run our parking facilities and our uh, parking shuttle operations and that sort of thing. Do you ever employ people part-time? Oh, yeah. We have a lot of part-timers. I had a friend who, yeah. his summer job was mowing out there at the airport. That's what I want to do when I retire. <laughs> I, I mean, want to be the guy that mows the grass at the airport. <laughs> There's a lot of it out there. Uh, is the city manager then your supervisor? He is my boss. Okay. But interestingly enough, uh, we also have a 13-member airport advisory board that's yeah. appointed by the city council and the county commissioners that... Uh, I meet with on a regular basis and go over policies and development ideas and things like that. And then they, they kind of act as a go-between between us and the city council. What's, it, uh, what's your annual budget, and, ha- and how is it paid for? Well, we have about a $35 million annual budget at the airport authority, and not one penny of that comes from the taxpayers. We are 100% uh, self-sufficient. Uh, everything that we spend comes from the revenues that we collect in running our business enterprise at the airport. Hmm. All right. Well, but before we talk about Eisenhower National Airport, let's talk about uh, Jabara Airport. You mentioned a moment ago. How many flights uh, in and out? Is that a busy airport? It doesn't seem to be. It's not terribly busy uh, in the scheme of things. 
but it is a fantastic little airport. It has a lot of uh, uh, corporate jets that are out there that use the place uh, for both charter operations and then based as well. There's a lot of flight training that goes on out there. We have an active fixed base operator. That's the company that provides fueling and hangering and aircraft maintenance. We have another aircraft maintenance uh, and repair and overhaul operation that does just some business jets. And uh, there, there's a lot of interest in growth at that airport, and, and we hope that it continues. It's, it's a wonderful facility. It's got a great runway. It's got an instrument landing system, so it makes it really attractive, especially to the jet aircraft operators. But at the same time, we want to encourage growth by the small airplanes, too. That's why flight schools and that sort of thing. We also have, in the last several years, attracted the regional uh, chapter office of the Experimental Aircraft Association as their headquarters out there. So they do uh, monthly pancake breakfasts on Saturday mornings when the weather's good. They have what's called Young Eagle Flights, where they take kids up and get them introduced into aviation and flying. So it, we're trying to cover kind of all the bases out there. That facility, uh, that airport, are there any uh, needed improvements that, that need to be made? Oh, there's always something that needs to be done, you know, and airports are, are things that they thing, have things that break. You know, you have pavement, you have utilities and things. So at Jabara, um, our, we just finished not too long ago a complete reconstruction of the main entrance road and made some nice landscaping improvements, uh, entrance signs and that sort of thing. We've got some projects coming up where we're going to do some uh, pavement repairs on the runway. You know, you may remember some years ago the uh, 747 Dream Lifter aircraft accidentally landed at that <laughs> airport. It was not a planned event. Right. And sure enough, it did some damage to the concrete. And so we spent uh, quite a bit of money the year after it happened uh, replacing concrete pavement on the runway. And now we're finding several years even after that that uh, the pavement's starting to sink in some of the areas where the plane was at. So we got we got some things on the on the table. Out you were several years ago, my son and I. Before he was, he he's now retired from the airport. But several years ago, or the air force, but several years ago, we went out there. There were some vintage aircraft out there, Germans, uh, World War II craft, things like that. Did they do many displays and shows like that out there? You know, every once in a while, the one of the things that happens pretty much on an annual basis now is this Experimental Aircraft Association has a fly-in and kind of a mini air show, if you will usually in the fall, like September-ish, late October, late August, where they bring in all sorts of aircraft, military, vintage, you name it, uh, you know, experimental home builds and things of that nature, just to expose people to, to that type of aviation. And it's really a neat deal. And then occasionally we have little special events that happen, you know, usually during the summertime. Winter is not too active in that sense, but... How long is... Uh, let's, let's go to the other side of the town now. How <laughs> The west side, how long is... Eisenhower Airport been in operation. You know, that airport was built in 1953, and the terminal opened for airline service in April 1 of 1954. So it's been out there a long time. It's been a fantastic facility. It's gotten, we got a lot of mileage out of that airport, and we just continue to invest in the infrastructure to make it better. So the, I'm, but I'm talking about the new, the new terminal. Oh, I guess the, the new terminal. The, the new stuff part of well, it. Well, yeah. you know, we're coming up on five years. We opened on June the 3rd of uh, 2015. So wow. we're coming up on five years, and we'll hopefully have some kind of a little celebration out there to to recognize that as well as the fact that we had the world record year for us in terms of airline passengers last year. 
And so we want to kind of celebrate those we things. We're going to talk about more about that in just a minute here. I figured uh, you would. Do people still have misconceptions about how the new terminal and parking garage were financed? You talked about that a moment ago. Always. But, you know, we, <laughs> we try to emphasize every time we talk to anybody that will listen that it was paid for strictly by the airport, by the users of the airport. So if you don't use that facility, you're not paying for it. So the taxpayers in Wichita and Sedgwick County did not pay for that airport unless you use it. On my uh, most recent visit, a couple of weeks ago to the airport, I noticed, uh, I was just dropping somebody off, I noticed construction and or demolition still being done over there on the east side. What What is what is that project? East well, we did finally demolish, remove all the remnants of the old terminal. It took us several years' worth of work to do it. It was pretty expensive and it's very complicated to get it done, but we now have a clear spot out there. Uh, we repaved all of the the concrete apron where the airplanes park, uh, where the old concourses and gates used to be, the, the all of the building itself, the two-story and the one-story is all gone now. And so we have a nice field out there that uh, kind of beckons us for the future somewhere down the road if there's some additional growth that we need to have for the uh, new terminal. And one of the, we've talked about this before, one of the things that took so much time is a is you had that uh, that stuff that has asbestos in there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And there's asbestos and lead paint and all sorts of, of those kind of bad things that had to be remediated, removed carefully, and and that, of course that jacks up the price and makes it more complicated too, and takes more time. Yeah. Well, are there are there other projects uh, projects slated for the airport right now? Well, right now we're not doing stuff that's what we would consider glamorous or sexy to the public, but they're very necessary. We're starting a project next month to uh, recondition the runways, uh, the concrete, the pavement, uh, as we said, since they're, they're decades old and concrete has a limited life. And yeah. with the more use that it gets, the more, th- more the pavement starts to crack and break. So we're going to spend uh, about 20-some-odd million dollars in repaving uh, most of the west runway, which is the main big one, and doing redoing lighting and electrical systems for the airfield and that sort of thing. And then uh, on the tail of that, we'll be starting a next project to re- renovate and recondition, reconstruct the general aviation ramp and apron on the east side of the airport. And that's about a 50 or $60 million project that'll probably be split into a whole bunch of different phases, mainly because of the impact on the users. We want to keep that as minimal as possible and the cost. So it'll probably drag on for five to ten years even. So that's the, the, the lineup of, of buildings and facilities that uh, include, well, they include the place for the for the for dock, the uh, World War II aircraft, and some other businesses as well then. Absolutely. We also have a little bitty project, although it is kind of expensive in, in our view. We're going to renovate the U.S. Customs Federal Inspection Facility where right now just private and general aviation planes come in from out of the country. And so we're, we're in the design phase of that project right now. Probably continue through the summer and fall and hopefully be done in about a year from now. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Wichita's Director of Airports, Victor White. All right, let's talk about passenger counts at Eisenhower National Airport, which has been open almost five years now. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, like I said earlier on the conversation, we had the record year for Eisenhower Airport uh, in 2019, it was our all-time high. We had almost 1.8 million passengers uh, in and out, which beat the previous record, which was in 2018. And it was about a 5% increase over that year, which gave us 
um, three consecutive record years and seven consecutive years of growth. So we're really pleased with that and just thrilled to death that, that our you know, customers, our passengers are using the airport, they're recognizing you know, a lot of the new flights that have been offered and the lower fares that are coming about. And, and we appreciate the airline partners that we do business with for adding those flights and keeping those fares competitive. Where do these passengers come from? Well, you know, the vast majority come from Wichita, Sedgwick County area. We do uh, zip code purchase studies of every year or two uh, to find out uh, where we call it a, a market study and, a, and find out where they live. And two-thirds of the state of Kansas is actually our target audience uh, with, the, the, as I said, the, the seven, eight counties around Wichita is the primary ones. We also have about four counties in northern Oklahoma which folks come up to use our airport, and we're really pleased to hear that. Now, naturally, when you're in the northeast part of Kansas, they go to Kansas City because that's way closer than, than we are. But, we, you know, we're seeing competition from the Salina uh, Airport is, is growing, and it's great for them. Uh, and we've had a few. We've lost a few passengers to them in the year past, but, you know, we got them back because when we attracted Frontier Airlines to come in uh, last year, uh, they have – offered extremely competitive fares to the Denver market, which in turn caused United Airlines to drop their fares to Denver. So now we have super growth in the Denver market, uh, which we're just extremely pleased to hear. So for, for many years, people drove to Kansas City and jumped on the plane up there because it was so much cheaper. You're still having it at Kansas City? You know, not near as much as we used to. You know, probably 15 years ago, we lost probably 80% of our pastures. Now it's probably close to 30% or 20%. So uh, our, our low-cost airlines, the additional services that we've offered have brought those people back. Uh, we don't lose near as many to Kansas, to Oklahoma City or Tulsa either. Talk about efforts, uh, if you will, to, to keep down the cost of fares. You were talking, you addressed that a, a minute ago, but uh, how are we keeping the fares down? You know, Wichita is, was the trendsetter in the country. Mm-hmm. About 15 years ago, when we started the Affordable Airfares for Kansas program, which was a, an airfare incentive program uh, to attract Frontier and then Allegiant, or rather uh, Airtran, and then Southwest bought Airtran. So uh, those kinds of things had a tremendous impact on lowering airfares, keeping us competitive. And right now, for the last several years, we have not offered that type of incentive to anybody where it's a free market right now, and it seems to be responding well. People are doing nicely. But as that trendsetter, other airports across the country have watched our success over the years, and now everybody else is doing that. And so the airlines themselves are very uh, interested in what incentives financially any community, any airport can offer to them to add new flights. And so we always have that situation where we have to be really aware of what other cities are doing. And I'm not talking about the ones closest to us. I'm talking about the ones across the country, Grand Rapids, Sarasota, you name it. Those types of communities where an airline has to make the decision, where are they going to put that $100 million airplane asset and make the most amount of money? And so that's what we're watching carefully. Now, are there some new flights scheduled out of Eisenhower recently? It seems like there was one that goes to Destin, Florida. And, uh, of course, when my son was stationed in Pensacola, we we went down to Destin a couple of times. That's a pretty nice spot to go to. I tell you what, Destin, Fort Walton Beach was a new 
destination for us last year, and it turned out to be extremely popular. In fact, Allegiant announced recently that they're going to start the service up again, uh, actually earlier this season. It's, it is seasonal. It's for the summer period. Yeah. They're going to start their nonstop flights on March the 5th. Uh, and run through the end of October. So it's a, a longer season. They're also going to reinstate their their seasonal service to Orlando Sanford and to Los Angeles International. So uh, those are three uh, routes that are coming up here in the next month or so. Well, let's talk a little bit about people who provide special help at the terminal for passengers. Uh, do you have some folks that, are, that that's their mission out there? Yeah, we're real proud of our customer service initiatives. We have We have two groups that focus solely on that. One is our senior citizen volunteers who work at the information counter, who, who sit there and just answer questions all day long, and they, they serve a tremendous benefit to the customers. But we also have the, the red coats, if you will, our courtesy crew who walk around and also work the information desk when they need to, but they assist passengers. They, they're kind of like troubleshooters. They look for people that just seem like they're in difficult straits there yeah. you know where's the bathroom where's the baggage claim my bag didn't come off the plane what do i do about it and so they answer those kind of questions and they be proactive they work the tsa security checkpoint line as well to try to help people give them advice to get through there as quick as you can what you need to take in and out of your your baggage right so i mean how have uh, travelers responded to these to these efforts oh it's then? been fantastic and in fact we do we do mystery shopper reports uh, every month. We have someone come in, we don't know who it is, and nobody else knows who it is, who has a checklist of things that they walk through the building, they go to the parking lot, they ride the shuttle, they try to rent a car, they go to an airline counter, they go to the concessions and the concourse, etc., and they grade the people on how well they do. And so we know that we're doing a good job. We also have online surveys, customer service surveys, where we get comments and grades from our customers as well. So Another thing we've done, too, that we started a year or so ago is called a raving fans program. We, when we have an employee, it doesn't have to be an airport authority employee, but any tenant employee, airline, concessionaire, whatever, and if they're recommended for doing a above and the beyond uh, the Call of Duty type of thing, we give them a raving fans award. They get a certificate. They get a gift card to a restaurant. They get to park in the garage for the month, of, you know, for their, their uh, award. Yeah. And that kind of helps boost the morale of the employees and encourages them to do the best job they can. In general, what are travelers saying about their experience with Eisenhower? Well, I'll tell you what. Since we built this new terminal, it has been night and day. Uh, people love the new facility by and large. And I got to tell you, we just won the USA Today Reader's Choice Award in the top 10 out of 500 airports that were considered. We made the top 20 nominees for the online voting. And then we ended up number three in the country as the best liked small airport in the country. So we're just thrilled to death with that reward. What are local business people saying? Well, you know, that's, that's a good point because we, we serve leisure customers and we serve business travelers you as well. Bet. You and bet. So we spend a lot of time with the various companies and corporations in town, their travel managers uh, that book travel for their employees, and try to find out what do they need, what services, what routes. And so that has been a really good uh, thing that we've done that we're trying to encourage communication with the business travelers. And we've started the iFly Wichita campaign about a year ago. Uh, with uh, a bunch of different partners in the community and getting the word out about everything that the airport does in an, in an airline standpoint. 
and it, it all just kind of builds upon each other. And so we're, we're really happy with it, that it's worked out so well. Talk with us a little bit about the parking at the airport. Uh, seems like it's, it's pretty easy to get in and out of there. Yeah, it is. We're, we're really pleased with the parking garage. We, we did some changes last summer and, and redid one of the lots that was the one that's the uncovered one next to the garage and converted it from a, uh, to a short-term lot, which is intended to be for people who just want to zip in and zip out. And it has an hour-free parking, so there's an opportunity for you to probably drop somebody off, go inside, see them off, pick them up, whatever the case is, and maybe not even have to pay if you can get in and out in an hour. And we've also put the Uber and Lyft uh, ride-share parking facilities in that same lot, too, so their customers know where to go and can find that. So that's worked well. The park-and-ride shuttle lot has been super popular. We offered a holiday travel uh, discount from over the uh, Christmas, New Year's holiday period where we gave a 20% off uh, off the, the price, and it boosted the ride ridership over there. And so everybody seemed to like that a lot. Tell us about dining and the gift shop uh, in the terminal. There. Well, you know, we, we we're really pleased with the, with the operators we have in both those two, food and beverage, uh, as well as the retail news and gift. We, the news and gift uh, retail shops has been named the number one airport retailer for the last 21 years in a row, I believe. Mm. Uh, so we're just thrilled to death to have those guys on, on board with us. Our food and beverage operator just had a record year. They sold a lot of stuff and people drinking a lot of beer and buying a lot of food in the restaurants. And, and, and we just love the fact that they have a variety of different things. You know, in the food court, they've got the Dunkin' Donuts and the Chick-fil-A. We've got the River City Brewing Company, which is our local offering. And then we've got some smaller operations spread out through the terminal. Has anyone uh, in the past, over the past five years, anyone ever assessed the economic impact of the new airport, the new Eisenhower? Absolutely. The uh, state of Kansas uh, Department of Transportation does an economic impact study of all the airports in the state every so many years. <clears throat> and the most recent one uh, was about a year or so ago. And if I remember the numbers, they said that, that Eisenhower Airport contributed about $2.5 billion to the local economy in terms of jobs. There's around 20,000-plus jobs that are created not only on the airport campus, but the, the ripple effect, the spinoff in the community with, uh, with goods and services, taxes that people pay, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and even, even Jabbar Airport uh, has about, a less, about an $800 million impact. So both these airports are really important to the economic activity in this community. And in fact, we, we see particularly Eisenhower as, as an industrial campus that just happens to have a runway. You know, there's, there's about 10,000 jobs on that campus with the various businesses that are out there. And that is huge for our economic engine for this town. Anything new and exciting to talk about that we haven't mentioned? We're about out of time here. No, I, I'm just uh, darn glad to be here and have this opportunity to talk to you and visit about our airports. What's the best thing about it? What, you know, what, what gets you up out of the bed in the morning? For me, it's just tons and tons of money they give me. But uh, <laughs> Well, I can't say that. <laughs> okay. Well, I do work for the city. Seriously, what gets you going? What, you know, like I said, I've been doing airport management for almost 45 years, and it, it does keep me coming. I, I keep stretching out the time before I retire because this is so much fun. Mm-hmm. You never know from what one moment to the next what kind of a 
crisis you're going to be involved some in. Some people, that would drive them crazy. It does. It does. <laughs> it's prob- it, it certainly is, is a stressful situation. But, you know, you're running a business in a political environment, and that creates a whole new dynamic to how you do business. Uh, listen, thanks again for spending some time with us. i like to bring you back every few months to talk about that new airport because, uh, frankly, as somebody who's lived in Wichita for most of my life, this uh, thing with the airport and some other things going on around Wichita, there's some exciting stuff going on around here. And the airport uh, it was the first step, I think, in getting all that going. So, again, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. As always, we appreciate it. Our guest is Wichita's Director of Airports, Victor White. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.